At the next Mass, and then over today at KC at St. Hubert's, we will have children who will be receiving the body and blood of our Lord Jesus for the first time. And I think then it's appropriate for us to go back to Holy Thursday, the evening in which Jesus established the priesthood and the mystery of the Eucharist, and then speak about this incredible mystery that you and I are privileged to receive. And it is a privilege to receive the body and the blood of Jesus. A Protestant minister once told me that he had no problem with the mystery that we are being fed with, with Jesus' body and blood, that they are what Jesus himself tells us in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 54 through 56. My flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Now it surprised me because this minister belonged to a branch of the Protestant church that does not believe in the Eucharist. But then he said something that was very interesting. He said, you Catholics shouldn't have communion every day, every Saturday, every Sunday. You should only have communion twice a year. And only those who are faithful going to church should be allowed to receive Holy Communion. What do you think about that? No, don't like that at all, do you? Now, from his perspective, familiarity breeds contempt, or at least indifference. And not having the Eucharist on a regular basis would make people realize what an incredibly special gift this is. Now, I don't agree with him either, but he was on to something. We are so used to knowing that the Eucharist is available daily, Saturday, Sunday, multiple times on the weekend, many of us just don't care. And without intending it, the holy mystery for some ceases to be, well, holy mystery and reduced to an optional activity. Should something more important or fun available. The result is an imperceptible but progressive spiritual neglect of one's soul that matures into coldness toward or outright rejection of the divine mercy. The mass is thought of as, well, it's nice. It's like a rich dessert. Wonderful to have, eh, but not necessary. We are seduced into forgetting that along with Holy Scripture, the Eucharist is the meat and potato of our spiritual lives, drawing us into an ever-deepening relationship with Jesus, and through that relationship with Jesus, drawn into a deeper relationship with one another, the community of the church. And it brings us forgiveness of sin and the promise of eternal life. I was raised in the Calvinist branch of the Protestant church, 
And I was taught that the Eucharist was a false doctrine made up by Catholic bishops. The bread and wine I was taught are just bread and wine. Actually, it was grape juice. And they were symbols only, nothing more. And I believe that because I was taught by those I knew to be good people who I trusted from pastors to Sunday school teachers. Over time, however, I discovered the truth. The mystery of Jesus feeding us with his body and blood was not something that was made up, created by Catholic bishops and popes, but a gift that Jesus himself gave to his church and a gift that his church has faithfully kept for 2,000 years. In fact, peppered throughout the whole of the Old Testament, the Lord gave hints of this wonderful miracle that he would entrust to his church, what theologians like to call prefigurations. I'm going to give a course this fall on where the Eucharist is found or referred to in the Old Testament books. I hope you'll take it. As early as the book of Genesis, for example, we find that the fruit of the tree of life points to the supreme tree, the cross, where the fruit of eternal life is none other than Jesus himself, who must be consumed. But we also know from Genesis what happened in the Garden of Eden, don't we? The devil distorted God's work convinced Adam and Eve that God did not mean what he said. And this is still the favorite tactic of the devil today. It works because our fallen nature cannot resist imposing our limitations on God. We arrogantly think we know better than God what God said and what God meant. The mystery of the Eucharist calls us to make a choice. Jesus is the Son of God, or he is not. He is of the same essence of the Father, or he was just a man who became the greatest quack in the history of religion. If I believe Jesus is God, then there is one fundamental, unmistakable, rock-solid conclusion I must accept. His word has all the power and authority of his Father's word, that his word does not return to him empty, but it creates that for which he sent it. If not, Jesus is a liar. Jesus says that his flesh is real food and his blood is real drink, that by receiving his body and blood, he remains in us, we remain in him. His words are either the words of the Father and therefore true, or they are false and they are the words of a lunatic. And if one says, the Eucharist isn't real, it's only a symbol, be careful then one must be consistent and deny that Jesus' word really healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, forgave sinners,
promised eternal life to a repentant thief, raised three people from the dead, or that he himself was raised from the dead, then they too are just symbols. For how can Jesus' word be true in one case, but not in another? And if his words are not true, we are all wasting our time being here. If, however, Jesus is God, he and the Father are one, and his words are like his Father's words that create what he sends them out to do. By his words over bread and wine, take, eat, this is my body, take, drink, this is my blood, words that he empowered his apostles and their successors, the bishops and priests, to speak until the end of time. Bread becomes his body, wine becomes his blood to forgive our sins, offer us eternal life, and bring us in communion with one another. One must choose. His words are true, or they are false. There is no in-between. The mystery of the Eucharist is beyond our understanding. It's beyond our control or our ability to manipulate. It is ultimately a mystery that points to the incredible love the Lord has for us, his desire that we remain in him, to remain in intimate union with him now and for eternity, and through him to be in union with others. This is the gift that comes to us in the celebration of the Mass, the divine liturgy. This is the gift that we are graced to have, not as dessert, but as the meat and potatoes of our spiritual sustenance during this very short term we have on this earth. In a few minutes, we will be praying the Our Father. And we will all say, give us this day our... What does that mean? The Greek is epiousios arton, which does not really mean daily bread. It is better translated epiousios arton as give us the super essential bread. Epiousios, super essential. From the beginning of the ancient church to today, it has always been understood to be a reference not to simply bread, but to spiritual sustenance in the bread from heaven, Eucharist. 